Hello and welcome to Touchline from myself, Casper Els and Mark Cameron. Hello, Mark. Hi, Cas. We we're talking Carling Curry Cup, the two semi-finals that was played this weekend. The Bulls versus the Lions. Bulls beating the Lions 26-21, and then Western Province versus the Sharks. Sharks beating Western Province 19-9. Sharks winning the last, very last game at Newlands. Mark, your thoughts? Well, firstly, I think the both the semi-finals didn't really live up to expectation. Definitely I think not. Uh, the players, coaching staff of all four sides, and obviously the public expected a lot more than that. Having said that, though, it is it is semi-finals. Um, going into the final this coming weekend will be similar. Um, you know, you. I know one one speaks about running rugby, and you speak about leaving a legacy, and so on and so forth. Ultimately, as a franchise, you have to win. That's why you play the game. You take the points when you can. Um, I think the Lions will rue the fact that some of the points they didn't take when it was on for up for offer. Um, the first couple of penalties that correct. they could have. So, um, but in general, I think both games were weren't up to standard. As I said, I think the the. The, the Bulls, the Lions game was probably the more entertaining one out of the two. Um, but go, going back to the Western Province and the Sharks game, you know, it's both teams, great players, great coaching staff, but both teams haven't really hit their straps this season. So they've both been struggling and, and you could see it in that game. But all, all credit to the Sharks um, for winning that one and, and playing against the Bulls in the final um, sorry to, to Western Province. Obviously, it was the last game at Newlands. Sadly, so after so many years, um, and and Province obviously wanted to to win that game, but so did the Sharks. For you sure. know, Sean Everett said that they're going out there because they want to be the last team that have, that won a game at at Newlands. And, and they got that one. Yeah, and they got it. And and credit to Sean uh, Everett and and his coaching staff and the, and the players for for making the final. Yes. Um. Last week we spoke about the sharpness or the the skills levels of um, the amateur players when they do return to to play now. And looking at the two games on on Saturday, two semi-finals, it's professional players, it's professional sides, and if you look at the amount of penalties that they conceded, the amount of um, knock balls, then I wonder if this. COVID break and the way they they training now doesn't have an effect on their skills levels, and if they do have enough time to to work on their skills levels. Yeah, I don't really think so. Um, well, I don't really think that it had a massive effect. Put it that way. Players are gifted players. They they all professional players. Um, I think what did play a part more so in the Lions Bulls game was the time that they played at. I mean, it was one o'clock just after one or two o'clock. Two o'clock. Two o'clock start. And it was warm, humidity. Both games, they had to have uh, a water break halfway through both halves. Um, so the timing of the games, obviously, is not something that South Africans are conducive to because we don't play at that specific time. We either play after four, maybe three o'clock onwards, and five o'clock and, and seven o'clock. And it's winter, so the summer had an effect. Obviously, playing in the Eiffel at Loftus, it's it's different as well. So I don't think it's that. Um, I think I think 
a lot of it was obviously uh, when I referred to the Bulls game and the Lions, the Lions made quite a number of handling errors going into contact, knocking the ball on. But in both games, um, I think the referees had massive roles to play in, in the stop-start of the games. Um, you know, as, as hosts, uh, I suppose we can talk where, where coaches and players can't talk and, and it's our own opinion, obviously. It's not whether the referees were good enough or not. But I think as a, as a coach myself, there's a few decisions that I would have questions on in both games. Um, and, and it's sad so because, you know, in the semi-final is, is where you want things to go. 50-50s must be 50-50, that's how it is. It shouldn't be more on the one side than the other. But I think both both games, I think you looked at about 35 to 40 penalties yes. in both games. I mean, it's both ridiculous at that level. But then also, if you look at some of the passes that were made, where it just seems that the player receiving the pass didn't expect it. It, it was just as if they they didn't click properly. Yeah, look, sometimes it happens. You must also understand when you start chasing a game, um, let's say Western Province now, the final score was 99 to, to, the, to the Sharks. Um, at one stage, you're chasing the game. So you, you try and, and do things that you might normally not do. Um, so possibly a forward pass or a catch and a pass where you would have had one or two seconds longer to do it in the past or so. So I think pressure in a semi-final plays a massive role in your decision-making. I think in both games, if you look at all four sides for that matter, um, the areas of play where they play out of, I mean, you, you can go to the lines for argument's sake. And we had Sean Erasmus in, in studio um, a while back where we spoke about certain areas in the game where they target. They wanted to play expansive game. They, If you look at the game itself, you would see them running from their own 22. That is, that is a tactic that you have. And Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Depends on your opposition, how much pressure they put on you. So it, it does happen. You know, the higher you go in, in a level playing field, the less time you have for decision making. Um, but all in all, there are so many youngsters that have come through in all four these sides that I think South African rugby is in good hands going forward. And then let's talk about the final on Saturday, 30 January 2021, Bulls, Sharks at Loftus Fashfeld. Your thoughts on that game? Oh, I think it's uh, it's going to be a different different game. Obviously, it's a final. Um, the Bulls are, I think, on the top of the log for for that specific reason. They are definitely the side that deserves to be in the final. Not that I'm saying the Sharks aren't, but the Bulls have have played well enough throughout Super Rugby and throughout the Curry Cup to to deserve a crack at the final. To play them at home is also something to think about. Um, Fort Loftus, it's not fought for no reason. Um, they seldom lose at Loftus. Having said that, the Sharks on their side, they've got nothing to gain. I mean, sorry, they've got nothing to lose at the end of the day. They've got everything to gain. Um, but to go and play the Bulls at Loftus is, is no mean feat. Having said that, though, the Sharks would take confidence the fact that we beat them in the last Curry Cup game, although it was at the Sharks. And I think, you know, there's all the coaches analyze the games for for weeks on end. And I think the Sharks would have learned something from the Lions' effort to try and beat the Bulls because I think the Lions were unlucky not to win. What do you think the the win at Newlands has done to the Sharks' confidence going into this game? Well, as a coach, I can only speak as a coach. So I, I think, not that the Sharks played poorly, 
Um, but I think we've been battling for proper form, consistent form throughout the competition. And to win away is never easy. To win against a side that would be motivated to win their last game before their stadium closes, I don't think is, is easy either. So having said that, uh, as I said earlier, I don't think it was, it was a great game, great spectacle, but it's a semi-final. You go there, you take the points on offer. But I think the win away would obviously give them a lot of confidence going into the Bulls game. And as I said earlier, we beat the Bulls in the last game at, at the Sharks' tank. Um, so I think the Sharks would be up for it. I mean, Sean Everett is an astute coach. Um, he's, we've got youngsters coming through the ranks as well where I think the Bulls probably have more experienced campaigners. Um, and you could see that against the young Lions side. They knew that they be, or they believed that they had the game in hand, although the, the Lions were coming back. So I think the Sharks, the Sharks will be up there. They, you know, the Bulls have everything to lose, put it that way. And then all these Sharks players returning now from injury and coming back in, guys like Fassi that showed on Saturday that he makes a, a massive impact. Do you think that will have an impact on on the Bulls' preparation and how they how they approach the game? Well, definitely. Um, you know, as you as you go up in the in the ranks and professional rugby, the way it is, there's a lot of technical things that you look at, and uh, the tactical guys would would look at certain players, how they play, whether when they are out of position, um, where to counter, where to look at certain phases, where the players are in specific zones in the game. So, um, but from an attacking point of view, um, you know. Our Springbok backline that we have in Corsi and and so forth, the Fassi has has been put up there as a as a future Springbok himself. So, um, but having said that, the the Bulls themselves have a couple of uh, good Springboks and youngsters coming through. I think it's going to be a cracker game, and I think although the Bulls have all the old boys, if I can put it that, there to to steer the ship. Um, sometimes uh, the experienced guys don't pitch on the day either, and it's a team that's going to absorb the pressure more than the other that would probably win. And there's no spectators, so it doesn't make a massive difference. Talking about the older boys, if you look at the game between the, the Bulls and the Lions on Saturday, where Mornay Stein seemed to have had the game under control, and Yankees was a bit out of the game. He wasn't quite there. Do you think that will be a similar scenario between Stain and um, Kerwin Bosch? No, I don't really think so. I think, uh, obviously, Stain has all the experience in the world. Um, he's a tactical tactical fly-off as well. He knows the areas where he wants to play. I think the Bulls obviously have changed their game plan slightly. It's not the olden day Bulls that we see. They like to run as well. They uh, Cornell Hendricks at centre now, he's made a world of difference. So I think with Mornay at fly-off there, nothing much will change. Um, I think there will be lots of expectation. I just want to bring Elton Yankees in because you spoke about the Lions. Um, I think part of the reason why he probably underperformed, if we look at that, is for the fact that he has so much pressure on him with the youngsters around him. He's the captain of the side. He has to make sure the decisions are made right. Um, he has to lead the guys. So I think the pressure on both fly-offs are different. When we look at the Sharks and Kerwin Bosch coming in, um, you know, he himself is a great goal kicker. 
he proved against Western Province on the weekend that he can slot them from with the well within his own half. So is Mornay staying a, a good goal kicker. Yes. Both of them are tactically good kickers. So I don't think it would make a difference in the sense that it did to Alton Yankees because the Sharks' backline is established backline already. They've played together for a long time. Gerwin doesn't have the same expectation that the Elton Yankees has. And think about it, Elton Yankees is probably the incumbent Springbok at the moment. So it's expected of him to produce. Where Kerwin Bosch, he's a, he's a Springbok and he's obviously set his, his sights on, on getting back into the Springbok setup. So there will be that type of pressure. But I don't think there's as much pressure on him as there would have been in, with Elton Yankees. Well, let's hope it's going to be a humdinger. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. And it's great for South African rugby to finish and then you know, we break and then we start another competition. You've touched on the on the referees and the decisions that were made. I see now that the referee for this weekend is Mr. Yaku Paper. Yaku that will be in charge of his fifth Curry Cup final, only becoming the fifth referee in South African history to to handle five five or more Curry Cups. He's now linked up with names like Andre Watson, Jonathan Kaplan, Steve Stradom and Freak Berger, all done five and more Curry Cup finals. I think for the for referees alike, like the players, it's always an honour to be awarded a, a spot in a final. And obviously through South African referees there's there's something in Yaku paper that they that they've spotted and, and in all probability he's the most experienced referee that we that we do have. Um, and good luck to him and good luck to both teams that are in the final. Hopefully it will be a, a spectacle from a from a referee's point of view and not a stop start like we saw in the semifinals. And um, but you know to him, well done. It's not often that same as players, it's not often that you play in a final let alone in five of them and he's going to be refereeing in these five and whether other the referee names that are there is is part of a, a massive panel of well-known referees in South Africa. Very good referees. Then the last thing quickly, a Mums and Toti rugby club turning 75 in 2021. Now with COVID hampering our return to play, we've started a 75 challenge suggested by Chad Sapphire that was launched today. And I would just like to ask everybody to be on the lookout for our challenges and participate as far as possible. That's awesome. Um, unfortunately, we, we can't take the field in, in playing, but from a Mams and Toti Rugby Club point of view, we, we're taking the field in the streets and wherever we can to, to get our name out there. Um, and there are many things that that we've earmarked to do, and uh, yeah, it will be it would be on social media very soon, and hopefully, the people that are challenged and the clubs, for argument's sake, and even the, our listeners out there that want to partake, they're all more than welcome to do that. We'll we'll have it on social media, and we'll all celebrate the 75th anniversary of our amazing club. There will definitely be something for everybody. Thank you, Mark. Once again, thanks for your insight and your thoughts. Always nice listening to you. Thanks, Gus. Nice sharing some rugby knowledge with you. From myself, Gus Pels, and Mark Cameron, have a great rugby week.